0: Most of us buy a lot of things on the internet these days. Books, shoes, home goods, medicine, groceries, tech, you name it, you could have it delivered. And I do. It's not just products we buy online either. Most of our services purchases happen digitally as well. We research providers online, use online scheduling to arrange sales calls, and sign contracts through the web. It's not new anymore. It's just the way we do things. So you'd think everyone would understand how disorienting and disappointing it can be to buy something and then not have anything happen next. Nothing to do immediately, nothing more than a payment confirmation to keep your interest. Lots may be going on behind the scenes, but when the ball is not in the buyer's court, what are they supposed to be doing? That's what this week's episode of the Spin Sucks podcast is all about. The kind of onboarding that keeps people invested and interested. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about dialing your client service up to 11. Today, I want to drill into something I've been thinking about a lot lately, onboarding. The most important time in a client relationship is as the relationship begins. In episode 48 of this podcast, we talked about how the types of content you create can help with onboarding. If you missed it, the link is in the show notes for you. This time, we're going to dig a little deeper and look at the specific actions, processes, and mindsets you need to have for world-class client onboarding. While you may never know that you screwed up on your onboarding, your clients will notice. And... Nothing will make them lose faith in you faster. They may never say anything, but it'll be the start of the demise of your working relationship. After the deal is signed, you need to set expectations. You need to let them know the rules of engagement, what to expect in terms of timelines and deliverables, how you'll communicate, and the metrics you'll use to report on success or failures. It also is the time to set boundaries. Here are some elements to make sure everyone is on the same page. Number one, the timeline. How long is the term of your work together? When do you expect to be finished? And what are the major milestones between now and then? Even more importantly, who needs to complete which tasks from both sides to meet those milestones? Number two, potential obstacles and backup plans. While we clearly have never missed a milestone or ever been late in delivering what's been promised, it's certainly something everyone else needs to consider. Yeah, right. If you believe that you have another thing coming. No one is perfect. We certainly have missed deadlines and milestones as well. But one of the best ways to prevent the demise of a working relationship is to have an idea of how problems, difficulties and delays are going to be dealt with before they happen. Let your new client know where obstacles are likely to be and how you and your team deal with them if they happen. This helps you build immediate trust and they feel like even when things go wrong, you're still in control. And then number three is communication. You want to tell clients the best way to get in touch with you, how quickly you'll respond and during which hours. It's good practice to have guidelines for when and how you communicate with your clients so they know what they need to do if they need your input or attention. We've talked about boundaries and communication, and it all starts with how you make that clear during onboarding. Now let's talk about keeping the new project feeling going after the paperwork is signed. The next step is to keep your clients moving. This means moving them toward a solution to the problem they've hired you to solve. And it means helping them build relationships with the people inside your organization with whom they'll be working. Let's talk about each of them. As Laura Petrolino mentioned in her excellent article on onboarding a couple of years ago, the very beginning of a new project could have a very different timeline than the ongoing work will. To start solving the problem and delivering the service, there's very likely a lot of work you need to do that won't be visible to the client at all. And while that's important and generally accepted as the way things are, your client should never wonder what's going on and if you've forgotten about them. Even if you and your team are busy behind the scenes and you likely are crazy busy, you have to let your client feel like they're moving too. Share the timeline for the project, lists of any assets or information you need them to provide, such as audience information, promotional partners, old content, Access to analytics, all that fun stuff, and start scheduling upcoming meetings so there's a solid reminder that work is happening. You also want to start transitioning them from communicating mainly with the salesperson or you and into communicating with the people on your team who they're going to be working with on an ongoing basis. Sometimes it's the client themselves and sometimes it's member of their team. Start making those introductions and schedule the appropriate meetings and check-ins. Finally, If there's work they need to do, assets or resources they need to provide, or other prep work, give them clear instructions about what to provide, how to provide it, and when you need it. Now that you've brought together the different teams and made sure your new client has met the right people, it's time to make sure your internal team has been brought up to speed as well. They need to know the scope, they need to know the company background, and they need to know special circumstances, conditions, and expectations. There's nothing worse than your colleagues asking a client something they should already know the answer to, or making an incorrect assumption about the client's business. And it's all because you don't have the proper procedure in place to make certain everyone has the same knowledge about the client. I've been there. I've done that. It's not good. It's also an awful position to put your colleagues in. Being wrong-footed and under-informed is awkward at best, and can damage a relationship at worst. Give them the information they need to do their job and represent your company well. Internal onboarding for new clients is as important as the external. You also wanna think about including a little bit of delight. This is in the form of demonstrating you've invested in them and have been paying attention. If you come across an article or podcast relevant to their interests, shoot it over in an email. Do they have corporate social media accounts? Follow them and engage with their content as part of your own social media strategy. Do they have a physical location? Send them a letter in the mail. Yeah, the mail. Welcoming them to your organization and thanking them for your business. Remember that Garrett's popcorn we discussed last week? Send them a little gift like that. Something your city or region is known for. Adding delight to your onboarding doesn't have to be a huge investment of your time and energy. And you shouldn't cross any of your own boundaries or set an expectation for service you can't live up to consistently. But Small extras that show you're paying attention are the difference between this is confident service that I don't regret purchasing and these folks are amazing. One more thing to consider when onboarding is new employees. Milana Schmidt is here to talk about starting a new role at Talkwalker, a company we love working with. And what she describes here is one of the reasons why.
1: Hi, I'm Melaina Schmidt. I recently joined Talkwalker as a U.S. marketing manager. Talkwalker is a social listening and analytics platform that helps companies and agencies protect, measure, and promote their brands across all channels. My first day at the office started with a new hire welcome breakfast. There were fun icebreakers like two truths and one lie for everyone to get to know one another while also learning about the company. That same week, our CEO took the group out for coffee. He shared his story, vision for the company, and the role we all played in this picture. During my first week, my immediate team was traveling for events or working out of the company's Luxembourg office. This didn't stop me from having a good onboarding experience. We connected daily on Google Hangouts and learned the ins and outs of marketing operations and goals. I also had to go through an extensive LMS training to learn the platform. Some takeaways from all of this that are kind of still with me, own my own work the own CEO of my company, and just company values, accountability, transparency, and working collaboratively to meet goals. I would say all of the onboarding activities really emphasize these values and I'm still in the honeymoon phase, but they're up there for me as I kind of learn more and more each day and just do my best. Some of the onboarding elements that
0: made Milana's experience great are closely mirrored to what makes client onboarding great as well the chance to meet everyone, the wealth of information to dig into and learn from, and a consistent communication channel where she knew she would be able to ask questions, get details, and learn the ropes. To translate these elements to the new client experience, you might have a video chat meet and greet meeting for your teams and key players, documentation and supplemental information for them to peruse and take action on while you're getting things off the ground, and providing consistency in how different team members should communicate with one another. I particularly liked how the CEO made time to talk with Milana specifically about his vision for the company. This allowed her to see how her work will fit into the larger picture. The equivalent to this for you is your new clients is to show them how you understand their vision and their goals. When you connect the work you're doing to their organization, they're going to feel like working with you is a clear part of the path to achieving them. That's it for this week. Do you want to see some great onboarding and hear a shameless plug? here we go. Join the Spin Sucks community and we'll give you lots of interesting information and things to do right away. Go to spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. I'll see you there. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review.